Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a lot. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. we know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who's about, about? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, or at least that is what he keeps telling us. You know, <laughs> New Year. Usually they say new tricks, but uh, maybe I don't. I don't know, man. Let me just ask Professor Bishop, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well. We had some action last night in the SWAC and over there in the Big South. A lot, of, a lot of stuff to talk about. So looking forward to getting into it. We got some pretty big matchups coming up this weekend. Huh? No doubt about it. Off the court. Or fear, we have some news with our buddies over there in OVC in terms of Tennessee State. So we might get a chance to talk a little bit about that. Mm. But I'm going to say welcome to episode 227 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora, all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small, from NAIA to the NCAA, as we say. We share insights and information on HBC sports culture. HBCU athletics aesthetics to facilitate the story HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studio and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper. I think he's a Hall of Famer now, three, four times early. He just got into the Texas Black Hall of Fame, Sports Hall of Fame. So that's another big kudos, and this is a big one. He's going in with some big boys in that group. Yeah, congratulations, Ralph, no doubt. No doubt about it, but it should be saying he is a big boy himself. So, you know, all the folks Mm -hmm. around here have always told him that. It's good to see that he is getting his flowers, his roses, while he's still able to tell us some jokes and talk about us. The other side, I got a chance to break bread with him the other day, and it was good. I always learn a couple of things from the old sage. He told me a couple of more tricks of the trade. So I might be dangerous today, Charles. I might be dangerous awesome. today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, what news do you want to start out with today? News of the day, HBC well, news of the day, I should say. What you got? Let me start out with a little shout out. Now, I know today is January 6th, but I want to shout out all my good friends from Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity. They had uh, their founders yesterday, January 5th. So definitely want to shout out all those good men at Kappa Alpha Psi, my partner Neely over at the pregame show, and all the listeners who are members of that great fraternity. So definitely want to send shouts out to those good men. We'll start off today. Marquise Bell, he gets an invite to the NFL Combine 
in Indianapolis. So shout out to Marquise Bell for getting that uh, combine invite. Uh, he, you know, was a do-it-all safety for Florida and Rattlers this past season for the past couple seasons. 79 tackles, fourth most in the swag, six and a half for loss, four forced fumbles, two sacks and an interception. So he is definitely worthy of a combine invite. Of course, he was a uh, uh, week three swag defensive player of the week. He was also uh, the senior bowl defensive player of the week after a 15 tackle, one sack and one forced fumble performance against University of South Florida. So kudos to Marquise Bell. Good job. I like it. Marquise Bell. Nice, nice, nice. I'm going to go old school in. You did modern, current. I'm going to go old school. John Taylor inducted to, into the 49ers. Hall of Fame from HBCUGameDay.com. John Taylor, as you know, record-setting years at Delaware State, led the NFL starting Super Bowl champion and induction into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Has added another prestigious honor to his list. Taylor and fellow former San Francisco 49ers great Patrick Willis, linebacker, was recently inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame during a ceremony that included the addition of their names to the team's ring of honor at Levi Stadium. Taylor was an electric wide receiver with some of the most memorable plays in franchise history, including. Yeah, we'll pick up with Dr. DeVille as he comes back in. Looks like he might be a, a little bit frozen there, but we'll keep up with some news around HBC Universe. Uh, shout out to Coach Tamika Reed. We'll get into a little bit of uh, talking about the action around the Southwestern Athletic Conference last night. But Coach Tamika Reed with Jackson State Lady Tigers, she picks up a milestone win, victory number 100 uh, for Coach Tamika Reed. So shout out to Coach Reed and getting victory number 100. Uh, as we kind of continue to take a look around, and uh, of course, uh, HBCU Game Day, uh, great uh, a source of, of news for all of us here uh, in terms of getting news out. But Morgan State, their AD, I don't think we talked about this on Tuesday, but Morgan State's uh, AD, he leaves to take a job at the University of Virginia. Um, so Morgan State is now in the market for a new athletic director, of course. Uh, Dr. S. Scott was doing some great things over there at Morgan State, but he leaves to take a position over there at the University of Virginia. So that's a couple of things that we got going on in HBCU News. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back here on Dr. Bills inside of HBCU Sports Lab. Well, Dr.
From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. And welcome back in to Dr. Phil's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab as we wait to get Dr. Phil back in. He's having a little bit of technical difficulties, but until then, let's take a look at the SWAT women's. Basketball weekly honors for the week of January 5th. The SWAT has tabbed Alabama AM's Dariana Lewis and Florida AM's Malia Bell as the SWAT women's basketball weekly honors for their outstanding performances during the opening week of conference play. Let's take a look at Dariana Lewis. She was the player of the week. She delivered an impressive double double performance against UAPB to start league play. She scored 26 points while grabbing 14 rebounds along with three steals and a block as Alabama AM defeated UAPB 58 to 48. Impressive victory over an upstart UAPB team. And then the impact player of the week was Malia Bell. She was a key contributor for Florida AM's first win of the season. She scored the game winning basket during the closest seconds of the Rattlers game against Bethune Cookman. She contributed a total of 10 points to go along with six rebounds and a steal let's take a look at the men's weekly honors here as we pull that up real quick and the men's weekly honors for the week of january 5th let's take a look at kenny strawbridge from alabama state and kevin davis of bethune cookman strawbridge he was the player of the week for alabama state getting their first road win in january 21 uh with a career high 27 points against Mississippi Valley State. The red shirt sophomore finished the night shootings 
a blistering 68% from the field, 11 of 16 from the floor, uh, four of six from beyond the arc for the Hornets. He also finished with four rebounds and three steals. Implant player of the week was Davis. He starred in the Wildcats victory over 40 a.m. to open swag play as he notched a double-double featuring 26 points and 13 rebounds to go along with two blocks and three steals. 11 of 17 from the floor, including a three-pointer. So those were your players of the week over there in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And, of course, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of conference play, talking a little bit about what's going to go on this weekend. And we got some very interesting matchups. Of course, we're going to preview uh, those games as well as talk about the games that happened last night. I mentioned earlier. Uh, Coach Tamika Reed, she got her 100th win of the season over uh, Alcorn uh, last night. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, her 100th career victory. So that was huge. But we take a look at some of the games coming up this weekend. Please mark them on your calendars. Saturday, January 8th, it will be Grambling State visiting Bethune-Cookman. Southern will be at Florida A&M. Alcorn at Alabama A&M. They will get it all this weekend. And then you got Jackson State at Alabama State. It looks like Doc is coming back in in the dark. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. But they had a transformer blue. Okay. okay. So they were flickering back and out. So I'm going I'm to I'm do the show. Uh, y'all going to have to bear with us. I'm not going to know if, how long we're going to have lights, but I can I can do the show. We're going to show you how we do it real time. So we'll be able to no get doubt. in there. Um, and so um, let's get into – some of the games here. I know we can get in there, but I, I did want to give this update before we get into the to the game. So we'll take a little break there. But did you talk about the news with Tennessee State and OB State, Murray State? Looks that like the board going to vote. The board is going to uh, vote tomorrow. And the reason I bring it up because obviously Tennessee State, HBCU in that conference, and it's been churning as we talk about conference churning. And Murray State was rumored before that they were going to come out and. It died down, but, you know, if you look in the back circles, I always tell you that it's the board that makes the decision. So the next board meeting that they had, they just decided not to do an emergency board meeting, but that next board meeting was in January. And I was like, that's when you'll get the message that they're gone because where there's smoke, there's oftentimes fire. And there was enough evidence that they were making a move in terms of both sides of them looking like they're going to go to the Missouri Valley Conference a better basketball conference in their framework in terms of multiple bids and things of that nature. So now uh, if there's some talk that maybe the football team will go to the Atlantic Sun. Makes mm. sense with the Atlantic Sun partnerships. A lot of the teams they have played and created rivals with Jacksonville State, Austin P. Maybe going over there, that would also give them, you know, the 16 they were looking for since Jacksonville State left. You know, they're looking for where they're going to get their momentum. So – Maybe that's where they house football while their other sports go to the Missouri Valley. So it'll be interesting to see, or will they go into the Missouri Valley football um, league up there, which is separate in terms of the management part of it, not part of necessarily the Missouri Valley basketball conference when we think about in all other sports. But all this comes down is like, you know, what does this mean for Tennessee State? Yeah, they have been the good stewards in in fighting the good fight in a lot of ways. But what does that mean for them? Uh, And and I guess that's the million dollar question that I wanted to ask, Doc, in terms of when you see conference members leaving and jumping to various conferences, things of that nature. And and you've always said that 
uh, another conference has to want you. What sort of you know position does that leave Tennessee State being the good stewards of the OVC that they have been? What position does that leave them in? That's the change. That's the the change. So the the thing that you have there is is the trouble when you talk about from the framework is they may not have a lot of choices now. That's one of the reasons you see schools moving so fast because they don't want to be the last man standing oftentimes. Mm. So that's one of the things that you want to talk about when you look at it in that framework. So I don't know, you know, there's the natural connection that some people would have, you think, with the SWAC. But the SWAC is at 12 teams. You know, do you just expand to one thirteen? How does that work? Do you go to 14? Where's the fourth team come, 14 school coming to? What does that look like? Do the SWAC presidents and chancellors, unlike the fans, they think it's a natural fit. Do you understand that maybe they're not of the same mindset and say, do we want to extend where we extend to travel even more? And cut another piece going, of the pie. <laughs> and cut another piece of the pie. Exactly. Yeah. You know, where does that come from uh, when you think about it? So that's the challenge they have is when that door was open, you decided not to go through it. Have you maybe cost yourself? You look at maybe the Big South, they're looking like they might lose somebody. Would that be open? But what does that do to your travel? And Big South, supposedly one of the reasons you had A&T go in there is because the travel is reduced. You know, are they going to be supporting the fact, yeah, they like the idea of maybe getting another HBCU in their um, framework, but are they prepared to make that type of travel? And does somebody come along with Tennessee State to go to the Big South? So you have a lot of questions, and then they're obviously – you know, they're going to want to fight in terms of the commissioner is going to want to fight to keep that conference alive and the schools are going to do that. So does it turn in more into a basketball conference? They have two years to figure this out is another thing that people need to understand is that the NCA has a guideline that gives you two years once you get under six uh, to allow you to get to back to six before they take the automatic bid. So there's a little time in that. But the problem is it needs to be a Division One school that you bring in because if you bring a Division Two school in, remember there's a four-year period for them mm-hmm. to come up to Division One. So even though your conference, and we see this in the Southland, even though your conference may have a total of six football members for the automatic bid, there has to be six football members that are at Division One status, meaning they have completed. Uh, the transition that they all have to have. They can't be saying that we're going to go to Division One and we in the Division One conference and the plan is for us to get Division One status. They have to have it. So if you don't have it, you know, that's that's part of it too. So that, those are the things that I think are interesting when you talk about from that framework that concern a lot of people from that perspective. Uh, I know fans would ask or, you know, and you mentioned it, that fans would want to see uh, or do you think they would want to see the Tennessee market come into the sweat? I think most of the fans would love Tennessee State for football. I mean, the history, as you talk about, is without question. You know, some people may question some of the modern um, framework of Tennessee State. Have they lost some of that luster? But, you know, they would resonate in terms of the band with most fans uh, in, in terms of that, uh, in terms of their legacy. Obviously, there's some question of not having baseball. You know, Swag is a big baseball league. Swag is a big baseball league, yeah. You bring in FAMU and Bethune-Cookman, no, they don't have women's soccer. Okay, you can look at that. But they have baseball, core 
sport, and they're good at baseball. Tennessee State doesn't have baseball. What, what does that do? And the biggest question is if you're the chancellors and the presidents that you got to, really, this is going to be the baseline, is what do they do to increase the pie big enough so when you split it to the 13th person at least, that it doesn't reduce what they're currently taking home now. So, and so where, where does that revenue come from? You know, you're not like the big boys where if you bring in a UT Oklahoma, the television people will come back and say, Hey, let's redo this deal. You got more revenue. Um, right. And that justifies the move. You know, you still got four years on the television contract. You got with ESPN three to four years is Tennessee enough to increase that package even bigger than what you're expecting to get having family or Bethune Cookman. Those are the type of questions that you really want to talk about. Is Tennessee more than a geographic footprint of the SWAC or the media? It's certainly closer to the SWAC. Okay. Um, when you go over there in terms of it, you get up to the northern MEAC schools, which are the majority of them now, they're outside of that footprint. It becomes a pretty long travel for those teams. So it's not really in that footprint. Um, so if the closest one that would make some sense to some degree would be the SWAC without a doubt. Mm. So Interesting. I mean, you might argue, like I said, you might argue Big South to some degree, but that's what I think there. So let's take a quick break um, and we'll get back in there, see if we can find a way to get some little light so you won't just hear my voice and look, think you're talking to the mad <laughs> Uh, the mad scientist, yeah. Yeah, the mad scientist. <laughs> Let's see if we maybe can get a little flashlight on the face to give you some of this uh, pro look. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll get into the women basketball games, mainly of the SWAC. Um, they postponed the Savannah State and Tuskegee game that we teased out for so many people. Mm. So I was, can't give you an update there. They postponed that. Uh, um, again, COVID-19 is for real. But let's stick with it. We'll be right back after this quick break. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury, and personality. 
an elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place, a space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Carlos Brown letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of about So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is on assignment, so I didn't want to make sure that Charles Bishop, Professor Bishop, is out here by himself. <laughs> so there literally was a transformer that blew out here in Greater Houston on the way home. So I have no power. So we're making do what it does in terms of still making sure that you get the rest of the show. Uh, but I did want to get into this a little bit. You know, we have the basketball games from the women's games, I wanted to get into those scores. Let's break it down when we talk about what took place. Um, some of the scores that stood out in terms of those matchups, uh, as you have it. Um, Charles, give me those scores on the women's side there so we can break down and see what we want to get into there. Yeah, on the women's side, Southern was big over Prairie View last night, 89 to 52. Jackson State topped Alcorn 75 to 49. Texas Southern. Uh, they bested Grambling 73 to 66. Alabama AM over Mississippi Valley 65 to 56. And Alabama State rounded out last night's action with a 14-point win over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 54 to 40. Which one stood out to you the biggest? Uh, I think the biggest, of course, stands out is uh Prairie, uh Southern Prairie. View. I completely didn't see that happening. Um uh blow out by more than uh 30 points there. That that kind of took me by surprise, but I think on a, on a smaller scale, uh, it's uh, UAPB starting out on two. Uh, that's like the that. one uh, that really kind of stood out for me. Uh, Alabama State, Alabama a &M, they go 2-0 uh, and o to start conference play, but uh, just a bad night shooting for UAPB. I think they had four starters that were, uh, not four starters, but they had four players uh, with significant minutes that were completely over last night. Uh, when you take a look at that. So just not getting it done, not, getting, not putting the ball in the hoop, just a bad night of, of basketball for UAPB. But Alabama State and uh, Alabama a uh starting off uh, conference play 2-0. Jackson State invading this weekend. It's going to be uh, a good one in terms of 
uh, the defending SWAC champions visiting Montgomery and also visiting Huntsville. Yeah, before we move forward and get into some of those big matchups that you're right, get into the second week of play, and we get back to our traditional Saturday-Monday matchup. And as you talk about that, MEAC kicks off in terms of their Saturday-Monday type matchup. So it's going to be interesting because, like anything, they're debuting there. But as you talk about uh, Alabama A&M getting off to a good start, you know, it's a good game against Pine Bluff there, but they pulled it out. And, and got it done there. But you also have a big win by Jackson State. They made a statement that they plan to hold on to that crown. They were against their rival, yes. Alcorn still, second-year coach, maybe still trying to figure it out in terms of what they want to do with their rosters. But to make that kind of statement, open it up, I think was also a good statement by Jackson State in terms of what they were able to do on the women's side particularly. So, yeah. you know – yeah, yeah, I, I take my hat off. And, and again, it's it's the way Jackson State goes about doing it. They go beat you up on the boards. Uh, Misha Williams, uh, again, another huge uh, performance last night, 19 and 8. Uh, but the Jackson State out rebounded all for uh, uh, 38 to 25, if I'm not mistaken, on, on the boards. And, and it's getting those second chance points. I think you see the, the division between the haves and the have nots. Uh, in terms of on the women's side of the ball is those teams that can rebound and create those second chance points. Uh, they're the ones that are really, really tough. When you take a look at uh, Dariana Lewis, she's a double-double machine for Alabama A&M. Uh, Shamaya Ward uh, for, for Alabama State, double-double machine as well, along with uh, Misha Williams Holiday. So uh, those are, you know, those big three there. But now uh, I take a look at a team like Southern. Uh, that gets that balance going all up and down the roster. They're going to be a dangerous team to kind of keep your eye on with regards to them. And Texas Southern, they got back on the, the winning side of the ledger last night, and they did it with, uh, without um, uh, Nia Mitchell. Yeah, it looks like Grambling has fallen on hard times. We're going to see if they get the rebound. Can they kind of bounce back? They start 0-2 in that hole along with Pine Buff you talk about. But those are two teams that maybe you thought could have got one of the games in the weekend, particularly yeah. when you talk about both of these teams starting off 0-2 being at home. Um, you know, so now they got to go find a way to rebound on the road. And we know the road and the SWAC really in any conference is tough, but particularly as we know in the SWAC. So that's something that also stands out to me. Um, didn't have the road games as we talk about in the Tennessee State. We talked about how they started on a hot streak, but they're supposed to be playing tonight. We'll see if they'll get that game in there. Uh, and then they get into some of the normal action as they are in OVC. They're hot. You know, they started out 2-0 and in conference play, and um, they're looking for the first time to start out 3-0 and since the last time they won a championship in mm. OVC. So it's fascinating to see what they're going to do there. Um, obviously, the a and they had games canceled because of COVID. They've struggled a little bit, lost uh, their first game in the Big South, a little better on the men's side. So we'll get into that a little more. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to say a little more, anything else uh, that you're talking about in terms of the matchups. Let's go forward to some of those matchups you're looking for this weekend. Give me your top two matchups this weekend and why. Uh, top two matchups this weekend. Uh, you can make it three. Uh, it's definitely going to be Jackson State uh, at, at Alabama State. Jackson State at Alabama. Ah, you know, like the, you're doing the Bama swing this weekend. So uh, you get the heavyweights. They, they, they come full force this weekend. Uh, and uh, we're going to see, uh, if you remember last year, Alabama State was able to peg that yeah. role uh, 
uh, lost on Jackson State to start off conference play. So uh, both of those teams and, and uh, get up for Jackson State, and we know how hostile an atmosphere uh, it, it can be with Alabama and and We'll see, you know, what sort of dynamic that is with the students not being there uh, this weekend. But that's going to be a tough road trip. And then, you know, not with, with COVID playing uh, rearing its ugly head, getting these road wins are going to be so huge. So those were some of the things that I really kind of kept an eye on with regards to these teams winning on the road. It almost gives you just that, that quick leg up. I would say winning any game right now because yeah, yeah. you just don't know who it hits you, but you're right. Winning road games are always significant. COVID is going to take it up a little bit, but I would say this, getting any win right now, you just never know where things out of your control, if you would allow me to use that. I guess there is to some degree in your control because you can isolate yourself a little bit in terms of trying to make uh, it more challenging for the get COVID, but it is what it is. It's, it's a real thing. So to your point is there, but, but Alabama state quietly before we go back is, you know, they won both of their games. So they continue mm-hmm. to do what they do. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. I really like this because a little payback matchup, Jackson state certainly want to get to it uh, in terms of getting uh, that revenge on the road. But then you got Alabama state that says, Hey, we think we might should have a championship next year. And they didn't, couldn't get the regular season. Or the tournament. So I think that's yeah. going to be fascinating when you talk about that, right? Yeah. And then UAPB, I, I, like I said, I thought that was going to be my sleeper team. Uh, they dropped back-to-back home games, and now they have gotta to, come to the, they gotta come to the Texas two-step. We, we know they always play Texas Southern uh, tough here to HP&E, but uh, they, they've got to get a split some type of way this weekend. Yeah, they got to get they got to get one. They got to figure that out. In fact, they're probably trying to be groody. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna try to get right. two, but but yeah. you gotta find a way to win one of them, or you're in a hole that I'm not sure you can climb out of. The interesting thing, um, as you're trying to any other women's game that you uh keep your fam use back in action this weekend, so I, I, it's always interesting to me to see some of those first fam you Bethune Cookman. You know, they kicked off where they had their rivalry game, which is interesting, but now you get to actually see them in action, so this is the first time. Uh, that they get to have a swag team. What are your thoughts in terms of those two matchups? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Monday night. And we, we know uh, Monday nights are, are the, weird, <laughs> the weird night. So Southern at Bethune-Cookman, uh, Monday night. So we'll see, you know, what sort of fireworks that presents. Uh, a Bethune-Cookman pedigree program, and then you got Southern on the road. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one on, on Monday night, too. I'm actually interested in Southern at FAMU on Saturday. Mm. Uh, in terms of to see will any of the rivalry that's on the football field spill over to the basketball court. Yeah. And that's a long storied rivalry between FAMU and Bethune. I mean, between, between FAMU and Southern, similar to a, a good rivalry between Jackson State and FAMU in a lot of ways. But I think a little deeper than that uh, in terms of the constant way they played each other. And now it becomes into a conference game, if, if you would. And mm-hmm. so with that being said, you see we got a little light there, so I, I feel like I got out of that Halloween came on a weekend look. So. Let, let there be light. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Hey! Uh, wow, crazy. So with, with that being said, though, on the serious note, when you talk about um, that match, I'm interested to see what will the fans look like. Will they kind of get lathered up? Will they get in there? Will they get a little juice, right? Mm-hmm. FAMU is not necessarily known uh, on the basketball side as much as they're on the football side. And then you're in a conference where everybody was further away, even though some would argue that basketball may be a little bigger in the MEAC. So I'm, 
I'm intrigued to see how that kind of translates, particularly mm-hmm. with this first type of matchup. And then obviously when you get into some of that Alabama State, A&M, those games that are pretty regional for them, I'm mm-hmm. interested in that. So I want to keep my eyes. Yeah, those games have the potential to be pretty interesting. So uh, while we wait to get Doc back up there, but, you know, let's turn our attention over there to the men's side. Okay, there we go, Doc. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you thoughts? And that's exactly where I wanted to go. What are your thoughts on the men's side? Huge win last night. Allcorn took it to Jackson State at home. Big win. Landon Bussey gets that road win uh, for one win. All corn state brave team for them to go into the AEC last night and uh, get that big win over Jackson State, blew them out. Uh, uh, game was close early, but uh, they really took took control down the stretch and uh, was able to get the win. I think the question for Jackson State uh, comes, uh, you know, who, where do you get that scoring from beyond Javis McKinnis? Uh, last year you had a nice one-two punch uh, with Javis McKinnis and Tristan Jarrett. Tristan Jarrett was a, a guy who could put the ball on the floor who could get into the lane, who could get fouled and get to the free throw line. Who becomes that individual for Jackson State this year? Is it Gabe Watson? Is it another individual? But who can uh, help Javis McKinnis uh, with some of the scoring points? Uh, last night, uh, offensively, they were lethargic. Yeah, because McKinnis is a double-double machine, so you know you're at least going to get uh, the rebounding from him. Uh, and, but I'm not going to talk about so much of the concerns of Jackson State I'm going to talk about Russie. You know, he was the former assistant coach, got his opportunity, uh, Alcorn, and um, with the Braves, and he made a statement. I think anytime you can do it against your rival, in fact, some people that thought the last coach wasn't doing that bad, but what probably did him in is the fact that he lost to the rivals, right? Three right. times in that last year, all of them relatively close games, except for that last one, they kind of got blown out, which mm-hmm. probably was a final coup de grace. Now the athletic director is not even there, but Bussy. Uh, with his extension, um, he's found a way to show that uh, he can win uh, of his own. And he had a good non-conference couple of wins there. So I came in there looking to see what was going on, but to get this win is big. Um, I also thought the Texas Southern, Southern's big win over Texas Southern. Obviously, they got the forfeit from Prairie View, uh, mm-hmm. but the fact that they got the big win against Texas Southern, now they've done that before. So, you know, let's not get too excited about that. But to beat them the way they did, I thought, was big. Because last time they snuck out of there with some people to say mm-hmm. what a win. This time they were solid for most of that game. It got close to like four points. Second half. They stretched it back out to 10, 11 points and closed the deal. So I'm fascinated to see what that looks like. But on the other side, when you talk about Texas Southern, they split. But that game with grounding to me was a little closer than uh, what uh, they thought. They, had, they pulled away late to make it five, six points. But, uh, hey, I'm not so sure about what's going on there. Alabama A&M, the Bulldogs. It looks like the pups might have grown up. They fully, fully Everybody, grown up. Everybody, shout out to Jimmy. Jimmy said when they were all freshmen, y'all better take the beating and licking to out. But he was saying this is a team that has a chance to be good. Well, they got their win over Tennessee State, took the lumps on the road games, but they got in the conference play, and they took the first two. Fascinating, you know, on the road, on the road. They beat a Valley team that played pretty close, and they won a close game against Valley on the road, which is interesting. They pulled it up. 
Got the win against Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff uh, split this weekend, so that's a Pine Bluff that got their first win. So I thought that was solid about about Alabama A and M. Those are some of the ones that stuck out to me. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, big game for Alabama A and M. Talk about Jalen Johnson, twenty five points and. 14 rebounds and 34 minutes of action. Uh, but he had a big game, and they couldn't stop him. He was 11-19 from the floor. Uh, but I, like you said, Alabama A&M, those young pups, they've, they've grown up now, and they're now uh, they're ready to, you know, uh, put their foot to the, to, to the pedal, if you will, and, and try to get some of these uh, sweat wins. You know, Doc, I was going to ask Linnell him. He had a big game last night for Alcorn. Is he a purview transfer uh, that came over to Alcorn? Yeah. I think okay. a grad transfer. Yeah. A grad yeah. transfer. Yeah, huge game um, last night. Yeah, I saw his place and he had he he had a weird relationship with the coaching down there. Um he was solid, couldn't quite get over the hill in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of when he played, he could do some stuff. But I think Bussy likes his activity uh on the offensive side of the ball and um he's made him serviceable and he always was good when he could get lathered up and get in a rhythm. So it's fascinating to see how that works out. You know, Prairie View was moving more to a guard-oriented style. Sure, guards. sure. They wanted somebody that was a little bit more mobile uh, in terms of playing at the five position. Mm-hmm. And he didn't quite give them that style. So I think he was serviceable down there. But I think he could be just what the doctor ordered, if you would, in terms of the Braves. So – Great catch. I saw him there, too, and I was like, ooh, ah, yeah, might be one that we scared got away. Four or five from uh, three-point uh, land last night. Uh, he, was, he was a dagger last night for Jackson State. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, some, of those, some of those scores coming up here, let's get into that before we move into the next uh, weekend type, type of games on Saturday. Um, obviously, we talk about Bethune-Cookman losing that non-conference game. I like the fact that they found a way to play that Wednesday game. Lost a close one, though, 68-65. Florida International will be interesting to see with that. Before we move on. And they were whooping Florida International. They let that one get away. Yeah, yeah, they were beating them up. That was frustrating to kind of see that go down like that on the road. But that's the tough thing and why I say we got to find a way to play a couple of more of those home games over the years because it goes down like that. I did want to get into the big South, North Carolina A&T, in terms of them getting their uh, first win, opening win, if you would, against Presbyterian in the big South, 65-57. Weird game in terms of how it started. Presbyterian went on a 10-0 run, and then A&T went on a 16-0 run. I've never seen anything like that where the runs switch uh, in such a way. You know, you've seen one College basketball. <laughs> get on yeah. a run. Yeah, and and it takes off and it keeps going. But I thought maybe in terms of how that, that went down. So I'm um, intrigued about that. Uh, see, pretty much controlled the game. It was a home game that controlled it. It was tied at halftime as they let Presbyterian kind of get back in there 29-29. Defensively, they were stifling, especially in that second half where they basically shut them down. And they did just enough. The key thing that A&T, the Aggies, would tell you about is the fact that they didn't have a point guard. They didn't have the point guard. Uh, didn't play in that game. And they still got a win. So that's a big, uh, big, big, big win. Shout out to them in terms of what they get done there. Uh, they'll be back in action on Saturday. Uh, they go to Radford, which will be fascinating to see. A&T now is at 6-9. Radford is at 5-8. and eight, So that's the second matchup in the conference. It'll be fascinating to see how that looks in terms of uh, what's taking place there. 
Radford is also one and zero in terms of getting their first conference win. So fascinating to see what's going on. Since we're moving forward to Saturday, let's get in a little bit of the MEAC and see what your thoughts on some of these matchups are. Uh, what you may interest you in these, and mm-hmm. in terms of the Saturday matchup uh, coming into it, you have Coppin at South Carolina State. Unfortunately, you already have the announcement of Morgan at North Carolina Central is postponed. Wow. Howard at Delaware State postponed. Norfolk State at Maryland Eastern Shore, the dreaded postponed. So opening Saturday for the MEAC, you will have one conference game. That's truly unfortunate because uh, we were getting those matchups. I would have been interesting, just so we can do it, I would have been interested in that Morgan State, North Carolina North Central. North Carolina Central. Five That's and State, six and nine yeah. Central in, in that. I would have been interested in that matchup. And I guess we have to wait a little longer. We waited this long, so, hey, why not? The other one, though, Howard. Howard has played some good basketball. They're six and six in terms of the record. Four, three or four Division One wins. Playing Delaware State is two and eleven. It would have been on the road, so it'd have been interesting to see what that looks like. And obviously, Norfolk State just staying at that nine. They did so well, got those nine wins, six seven Division One wins. I think it was six to be exact. They were at Maryland Eastern Shore, five and six. So what would have been fascinating to me is some of the teams that you thought were going to be the top runners. They were all on the road pretty much this weekend, except for Central. Uh, but you had Coppin on the road. I mean. Uh, on the road, Morgan State obviously on the road, Howard on the road, and Norfolk State on the road. That would have been fascinating when you talk about that. And then credit to South Carolina State. Uh, they look like they're back in the basketball business. You know, they got several wins, so it'll be fascinating to see who gets the best of that when Cotton State is just one of four teams coming into that matchup. So um, go to the SWAC. Uh, well, let's skip over to the OVC uh, as they get into it. Right now, Tennessee State is trailing uh, UT Martin 49-34. to 34. Um, That is on ESPN News, so you can chop it up once we get out of here. Got a couple minutes left, and we'll give you some swag before uh, we call it a show. So th- that's interesting when you talk about that. Um, Saturday, you have C- Southeastern Missouri State on the road to Tennessee State. So you got to at least split. It looks like they got to find a way to come back. If they came back, they got to find a way to get – Southeastern Missouri, but that Southeastern Missouri comes in at six and nine. Um, and so that's not going to be an easy matchup in itself. So Tennessee State, um, non uh, conference five and seven, respectable. A couple of wins. They had some tough wins. They lost all their HBCU matchup uh, to, to um, Alabama AM, but it looks like that was a good one. Norfolk State, obviously, that's a fair loss when you talk about what those teams are doing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something to look at there. Let me ask you about some of these SWAT games coming up. You kind of teased us, talked about it on the women's side, but let's go into the men's side a little more of this. You got Mississippi at Prairie View. I think Prairie View is going to be able to come off COVID, is my understanding, that they should be back in action. It's good that they come off and have a home game, but they're going to have it against a tough Valley team that's showing a little life. They got a big man down in the middle that can uh, get some buckets and plays really solid offensively that could give a smaller team like Prairie View that likes to play with the guards, maybe some trouble. We'll see mm-hmm. what that looks like, especially a team that you expect to be a little rusty. As you said, Grambling at Bethune-Cookman, that's fascinating to me. Southern at FAMU, I talked about that, obviously. You talked about the Jackson State and Alabama State matchup on the women's side. Uh, be interesting to see what's going on on the men's side. Congratulations to coach out there uh, as 
He has a newborn. Coach Mo Williams, why he wasn't able to get the last two games. So be interesting to see when he'll be able to get back into action. Obviously, he's taking care of business as he should be. And then you have Alcorn State at Alabama AM. All of a sudden, this becomes a fascinating match. That's what we've seen yeah. <laughs> this couple of weekends, right? And yeah. AM is always a tough place to play in terms of that because they are not in their new building yet, which will be a beautiful place to play. But right now, they're in a tough place to play in that barn, if you would have it. And then you got Arkansas Pine Bluff, Texas Southern. You talked about the need on the women's side for Arkansas Pine Bluff to get the win. Uh, but also now, Texas Southern has to find a way to come out this hole a little bit. So they got to make a statement um, before folks look at that. And so uh, before I let you dig into those, I'm going to let you do the flip of the games, obviously. Then on Monday, because we won't be back to Tuesday to talk about both of these matchups, if you would, and what happened yesterday. So we have a full schedule for you on Tuesday. Southern at Bethune-Cookman, Gramlin at FAMU, uh, Jackson at Alabama a and Mississippi Valley State at Texas Southern. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Prairie View, Alcorn State at Alabama State are uh, interesting matchups. Any of those, what jumps off on the men's side for you? Well, obviously, Saturday night, Alcorn at Alabama AM. Alcorn with a big win on the road at Jackson State. Uh, the, the baby Bulldogs are full of Bulldogs now. And so uh, that becomes a very interesting matchup. <laughs> uh, two upstart teams, if you will, uh, Alcorn and Alabama AM uh, in Huntsville. That's going to be a good one. Uh, Jackson State. Uh, last year, they went through the regular season unscathed. So they've been scathed early now. Now they go and, and, and take this trip uh, to Alabama on the road. Uh, so uh, Alabama State is going to be a tough one. You Strawbridge. And then you have uh, Alabama A&M on, on that Monday night. So that's a tough road trip for Jackson State. You again. talk about And you love talking about those Monday nights on the road. <laughs> Anything happens on Monday nights. If, you, if, you, if it's going to be an upset, it's going to be on a Monday night. <laughs> the yeah, eyes of yeah. Monday, but uh, I, I tell you what, you know, like I said earlier with, with regards to Jackson State, who's going to be that other scorer that's going to help out James McKinnis, uh, Jonas James, uh, is he going to be able to step up and, and, and pour in some more points so that Jackson State offense can kind of get up and going a little bit, and then Texas Southern, a little bit of a uh, uh, herky-jerky road, uh, you know, they split on the road, they get, but uh, it wasn't Texas Southern dominance, if you will. So, you know, do they come back this weekend and make a statement against UAPB and Mississippi Valley? So those are the things that I'm kind of looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, I want to shout out to the lab listeners that uh, stuck with us as we got into a little bit of uh, things out of our control. But one thing I did want to share before we got out of here, two things really, you know, um, ESPN still has, the basketball conference split between East and West. And I know for the standings, it's just one conference for basketball. But I'm kind of fascinating this, hopefully how long they will stick with this, because I like seeing <laughs> this, this East-West split. I'm just curious of how this would look if you played it out in this format. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm loving being able to look at this East-West, because if you do it in this right now in the East, you have Alabama A&M sitting at 2-0, and Bethune-Cookman at 1-0. Alabama State at one and one, Jackson State at zero and one, FAMU at zero and one, Valley at zero and two, in the East, right? Mm-hmm. In the West, you have Southern at two and zero, Texas Southern at one and one, Alcorn at one and zero, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff one and one, Grambling at one and one, and Prairie View at zero and two, sitting in the matchup. Versus, you would had Alabama A and M and Southern at the top, then you have your one and zero teams with Braves and Bethune Cookman. So it's interesting how it shapes up differently. 
if you do split in divisions and how that plays up in a different time of uh, format for your top eight teams going east-west versus if you just go your traditional one uh, setup in terms of records. So I'm intrigued to keep kind of one eye to see. Hopefully they don't uh, update that too soon before I have to give that back. I also did want to give a shout-out to CIAA since we're talking about this basketball. Uh, announces 2020. 22 John B. McClendon Hall of Fame class, obviously multiple sports, but uh, you have Andre Altus Shaw University, Dr. Beverly Downing Livingston College and St. Augustine University, Gregory Goins from Bowie State, Greg Jackson, St. Paul's College, North Carolina Central, Amba Congola, North Carolina Central University, Jamie Waller, Virginia Union University uh, are your 2022 John B. McClendon CIAA Hall of Fame class. Um, any final thoughts you have on that before we give it a close to the night? Shout out to the nine worthy high school band seniors that received 50K scholarships to play for Langston University's band. That's awesome. Yeah, like that's that. awesome. Yeah, I mean, final thoughts. Uh, I definitely, you know, uh, uh, kudos to those uh, individuals who are uh, going into the CIAA. Uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, great action this upcoming weekend. Dr. Bill, keep an eye out for Bethune Cookman. Uh, we talk about these ex, you know, pro coaches coming in and coaching. Reggie Theus, a lot of people don't remember Reggie Theus, could ball back in the days. He's t- taking the reins oh, so over there. And they got a guy who can double double with the best of them when you're talking about Kevin Davis. So, uh, Grambling, Southern, they make the trip over to Florida this weekend. And like I said, Bethune Cookman, they let Florida International get away from them last uh, night. They, they had them on the ropes. They were dead red. They were up by 15 uh, with uh, 11, eight minutes or so to go in the game and uh, somehow let that get away. But keep an eye out for Bethune Cookman. No doubt about it. Thanks for sticking in there, all those lab listeners out there. We'll do our homework these next couple of days, including the weekend and Monday, and we'll bring it hot and heavy on Tuesday to give you our latest on the basketball news. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Nyadakova, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports from Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Cavill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab from a basketball perspective. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Look out because those poll rankings are coming. They've been churning in my computer. I've been just letting a little more magic in the computer go around. I'll surprise y'all either next week or maybe the following week. It's time to let it percolate a little bit. See what y'all think about the poll rankings for basketball. You know, we do the top five. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Lecture? Dismissed. Stay safe, master.